The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk of the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are soggy again after the worst day for stocks in about a month. Investors reacting to Netflix, Verizon, the Apple product announcement. And we'll see if we can avoid three days down for all major indices. We haven't done that since early March. Our roadmap begins with that Netflix sub stumble. Shares are down ahead of the open on track to be the only FANG stock now negative for the year. Plus, it's all about Apple, a big product unveil, an analyst price boost, and news of a ransomware attack on a key MacBook supplier. And we'll talk about, it really is, the SPAC collapse, transactions coming to a near halt amid a potential SEC crackdown, and just overall a cooling of interest, Carl, uh, for that product, at least as of now. The liquidity providers, as they say, Carl, not quite there anymore. Yeah, uh, the charts are going to be interesting for some of our viewers to look at. But we'll start with Netflix this morning, guys. Uh, Jim, we went into the print last night with uh, pretty muted expectations, but I'm not sure that the street was counting on some of the sub-guidance we got last night. Look, I I don't care so much about the guidance as the uh, attitude. And the attitude was, once again, terrific. I I know that this is an attitudinal stock in the sense that this time they had Nidhi Gupta. Nidhi Gupta was the, uh, you have to watch these conference calls are so great. A fidelity analyst who asked a series of very hard questions, I think harder questions than you get from a Wall Street analyst. And I liked all the answers. And the answers are basically, look, things are on track. I mean, the biggest competitors, once again, are linear TV and YouTube. There are 800 million TVs outside of China. So therefore, that's what we're going to get. This, the actual content was constrained by COVID. Uh, we did pull through, pull through mentioned three times. But David, in the end, the level of confidence, whether it be the $5 billion buyback, whether it be the payback, pay down of debt, or whether it be the just overall sense that we're just scratching the surface still, made me feel like Netflix isn't going to get its forecast right. It's going to beat its forecast. Really? I'm yes. a little surprised to hear that. Because, yes, I, I mean, really feel that way. You know, I think you could also talk to some people, though, who say this is a company that guided to, what, four and a half million. That was mid-January, so they already had some of the quarter. Right. And they were seeing the cadence, and then they came in below that. And now they're guiding to a million for the second quarter, and we're into April a bit already, so we're already getting a sense there. There's a concern. And I, they say it's not competition and yet churn is very low. Right. So it's the well, top of the funnel, Jim, but they don't seem to be adding that many people. So have, how could it not be competition? They have to add more content. 
And but more content would be designed to what? Entice new people exactly. or, entice or new keep people. the old people? No, entice new people. Because the churn's so low. I mean, I, honestly, David, I, I, I thought it was a de-risk conference call. I felt that what they I'm, I'm taking the other side of the trade here of, of even themselves. Right. So you're a buyer on this dip is what I, I hear you saying. They're going to take it down another 10 because usually a, a, a 10 bucks or 10 percent, 10 bucks. OK, they'll take it down 10 bucks. It'll find a little, I believe, a little floor there. But, Carl, what I like most about Netflix is once again, it's their belief in their product and the strength of their coming slate. And that does make me feel that if this stock gets to 490, you got to stay in there and buy it. All right. Yeah, you're not alone, Jim. Uh, Stiefel today uh, says they were waiting for the moment when the pull forward became evident. This was the print that did it. They see three to nine months of working through the comp issues, and then we get back to a period where the stock can compound consistent with revenue growth. They go to buy 560. Here's what Reed Hastings said last night about competition. It's intensely comp- competitive, but it always has been. I mean, we've been competing with Amazon Prime for 13 years, with Hulu for 14 years. Um, it's always been very competitive with linear TV, too. So there's no real change that we can detect in the competitive environment. It's always been high and, and remains high. Really? Yes. Well, they need always more than a, a good time, Jim, to be yeah. a, a showrunner or a, a content creator. These budgets are creeping <laughs> up on twenty billion dollars. I thought they paid too much for the Sony product, but maybe they did. Although I think the most, my most, uh, really most enthusiastic part of the conference of conference call was Lupin and how much Lupin is loved. And the more Lupin they make content, love, love globally. Love the yes, more you make content glo- local. I mean, let's say they made something, David, uh, right now. In, um, let's say, Honduras. Right. Well, and it's speaking speaks the language, that particular dialect. Yes. I, I think that people would love it. I think you're right. But I do. I again, in speaking to a couple of people this morning who are sellers of the stock, uh, there is just concern, you know, to miss a guide from January where you're already into the quarter to then lower this guide now to where they are. And the compounding impact of missing subgrowth targets over time will have an impact on future revenue. And I um and I just don't know how to think about the, what, what his answer was on competition. And by the way, listen, he's not a d- guy you can doubt. I mean, they've delivered, well, delivered, that's my delivered. Problem. I understand I can't that. But doubt. you know what? Reed can, uh, Hastings can talk about, well, we've been again, you know, going up against Hulu and Amazon. But you know what? Disney Plus, Peacock, Discovery Plus, Paramount Plus. I mean, there is a plethora of new platforms out there that may be enticing people to some extent who are saying, well, I'm going to give that a shot on my limited budget before I get into this. Well, I don't know. Look, I, I, and, it's La- and it's not U.S., Jim. No, it and, seems uh, to be Latin America and some other areas look, that perhaps I, are more problematic. There are real issues here. I'm not denying that. I am saying that they've now made it so that, you, that things are, have been lowered. Everybody knows what you know. I'm not slighting what you know, but the, everybody knows what you know. I have a keen and, sense for the obvious. I, I, that's yes, been said. Yes. But I do think, and Carl, this is something that Strauss Zelnick has taught me from take two. The competition is not linear TV and it's not YouTube. It's ours. It's the clock. And the one thing that the one chink in the Netflix story is we are going out. And when we go out, we don't watch as much Netflix. And I think that the great boom is all about being outside of the house after being imprisoned. So I do think that that's my worry. But they took care of that worry by constantly talking about pull through. They've made it clear, Carl, that, listen, we did not do well. We did not do well. And next quarter, we're not going to do well. Well, you know what? If you keep saying you're not going to do well and you do well, you have an explosive situation. Let's <laughs> say they come up with a loop that's based in Vegas. I don't know. I, I love Lupin. I watched Lupin twice. 
You've, I watched Lupin twice. I haven't, yeah. Well, well, I was in the hospital. I had nothing else to uh, do. Yeah. They had Netflix. Right. It's not bad. That's subtitled, right, Lupin? It's in French. Well, I, David, I speak French fluently. Uh, of course you do. I right. Didn't, I forgot that. I was the French scholar. No, I, Carl, I actually walked into a, a literature course at college that was French lit, and it was in actual French. I said, I'm going to get blown out and ruin my transcript. I'll never get to law school. So I knew better. But I do think that this was a this was one of those uh, conference calls where they didn't say, you know what? And we've got these seven movies that it's all you're going to be talking about. They didn't do that, Carl. Yeah. And that was many ways more you know, Jim, important. You are bringing up a, a broader question about the reopening, uh, and that is why the street is starting to have give the reopening story a second look. Why is United guiding below? Why is gas demand uh, creeping a bit lower? Um, are these problems in India going to somehow migrate to North America? There's a report in one of the North Carolina affiliates this morning, Jim, that the number of vaccination slots at one site for this week, the number that are taken is 3%. Uh, Times has a piece up this morning saying if this is a war, getting uh, people vaccinated now, we're in the hand to hand combat portion of that war. Well, I think that uh, it, that that front and center in the anti-vaxxers is the CDC. The CDC basically made you feel that if you take the J&J, well, you're going to face death because a person died. Uh, the CDC is atrocious in doing that. The NIH, by the way, not much very helpful in terms of once you get in. It's a very weird time. It's, it's a weird time. If David, you are fully vaccinated, it's not clear yet that they're, what the reward really there's is. There's none. I went to Mexico. I came back. The scrutiny of and, being fully vaccinated. No one asked me whether I got vaccinated the whole way. I was asked well, 10 times. To be, Delta six times. You know, pushing against the closed door here that won't no. open in terms Vax. of really fully changing yeah. behaviors as a result of being fully vaccinated. No, you get vaccinated. So you what it does is you get a bad second like, day. What's the point? Right. But, you know, well, how about the fact but, that the Moderna made people sick, so let's not do it. No, but the Jim, J and, I don't know. Being like what the, right. C, the CDC is basically not even mentioning that the Moderna gets sick, but what they are talking about is the death rate of J. What's the death rate, David, on the J&J? Well, it was one out of 6.8 million. Frightening. Right. That's I mean, why no, the C right. any and then they mean well, any one death we know is bad, but there are how many people die from it's, the flu it's if the they're not back to analyze risks? What happened to, be, to the I CDC? Know, I know. You what know, happened to you them? Got a lot more risk every day you get in your car. That's for sure. Or you have more chance to get What is with the CDC? I don't know. Impending doom. How about the impending doom? I don't know. I don't have an answer. Is Stephen King writing their press releases? I don't know. At some point, they've got to start to make it more. I guess. More of a reward to actually be fully vaccinated. Yeah, like a rewards program, like they have together. a Panera. That was our reward, but right? uh, how about yeah. a rewards program, like like uh, Starwood? But you used also to give have you. people who are going to be who are simply refusing to be vaccinated because they're concerned somehow for any number of reasons, right? Whether they be health, well, they're going to get it. We privacy, know well, or the government's implanting a chip, or you know who knows. They're going to so. get it. Um, they'll get you. There's what, no national defense What's interesting to it. right now, and Carl, I, I want to get to Verizon earnings because we want to get back to that, is I think a lot of companies are trying to understand what their obligations or what they can do in terms of right. forcing, compelling. Their, compelling their employees to get vaccinated. And cities got and, a program. And that is a conversation that's going on, I know, uh, at high levels in a lot of companies right now. Can we do that? But they have to make um, it so that it does matter if you're vaccinated. Right, right. now, it's kind of a joke. I was vaccinated by Moderna. Uh-uh, Sorry. I tried to get into a doctor to see it, and they stopped me at the, at the gate. And they said, what, you know, how are you feeling? I said, I'm feeling great. Did you go anywhere? No. I said, none of that. I've been vaccinated. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, have you been to Florida? I said, yeah. yeah well, no. you can't go in. It doesn't, Florida. doesn't compute. The country of Florida. 0.008 doesn't Every compute. hedge fund manager goes to Florida, and they get in anywhere. 
Um, let's talk Verizon briefly, guys. The stock doesn't look like it's going to do much this morning. The company reported earnings. Hans Vestberg was a guest on Squawk Box this morning. The one number that I am focused on, though, is, uh, well, you had wireless revenue at $16.7 billion. That was up 2.4%. But you did have 178,000 phone net losses. Yes. And that does differ from previous quarters. Um, and, you know, Jim, it's interesting. Um, our parent company, Comcast, resells wireless service. Of mm-hmm. course, they actually uh, sell the network. They're renting the network from Verizon, but they're reselling. Spectrum has a pretty compelling offer in the marketplace yes. as well, in addition, obviously, to broadband I'm talking about, wireless. You wonder whether it's starting to take a bit of a, a bit. I mean, we're not talking about a large number here, but it was negative. Well, how about the fact that maybe negative, but the spectrum that they bought, they paid a fortune. And he, yes. was, he obfuscated Hans on the next. Uh, he did basically said, listen, we might, may not need the next auction. I want to know how many towers they need. I want to know what the I want to know quality versus T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. The quality, David. Remember, it was always Verizon was number one. Yes. Uh, you I, know, they, Carl, yesterday I got uh, I got pajamas from T-Mobile. They sent them to me and they had. Oh, I got a, I got a blanket. Yeah. Did, did you get a, Was it a blanket or please do not put that anywhere near. Anything that has flame. No, I'm leaving that thing in the box. Yeah, that thing is just one yeah, of Yeah, it came they, out of that box no, smelling that was, not I good. I think that that could be spontaneous I, they got to stop wasting money on things like that. I'm yeah. sorry. No offense. But, but Carl, they're, they're as aggressive as even when John Leisure's not there. Although yeah. John Leisure, some of his stuff was half cotton, half poly. Right. Although there is a belief that overall this is now three players and they're all going to grow at nowhere near the rates that T-Mobile previously was growing as well. Jim, that it's just all going to moderate. Well... I don't know. I mean, I think that 5G is a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. Churn stays very low. Um, post, retail postpaid phone churn, 0.81%, Carl, uh, at Verizon. Stock not doing much. No. Hasn't done much for a hasn't while. Hasn't done much since yeah. it, it's, it's a bond. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's about the dividend. Carl, if we just talked about Verizon, no one would watch us. So we, we'll stop talking about it, Carl. Uh, it, it, it I didn't does mean not, I didn't mean, no offense, David, I'm sorry. On earnings, guys. But well, it gives us a window to talk about Apple in a little bit. We do want to take a moment, though, to talk about the verdict in Minnesota yesterday. Former police officer Derek Chauvin convicted on all counts. Our Frank Holland is in Minneapolis this morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, good morning to you, Carl. Well, the death of George Floyd and the trial of Derek Chauvin that took place in this courthouse you see here behind me seen as a major inflection point in this nation as far as justice, race relations, and law enforcement. Hundreds of people gathered outside of this courthouse yesterday awaiting the verdict. When that verdict was read, people, they really expressed a range of emotions. Some people crying, some people hugging, some people shouting, while hearing that Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts. Many in tears, saying that this was a victory for the city, for the nation, and especially for the black community. It was a dramatic reversal from the day before, when the jury first deliberated. So many were anxious, tense, and concerned about social unrest related to this trial. My emotion during the trial was anxiety. I mean, a heightened level of anxiety, uh, concerned about which way that this would turn out um, and what the reaction of the city would be. Um, But to look at it now, it's like the day of Jubilee, Um, you know, a celebration of what we're here for. Um, But also, let me be clear about this, it's also bittersweet. Now, bittersweet, that's a word that we heard over and over again yesterday. So many people saying it's important to remember that George Floyd lost his life. And that was the catalyst for this global movement. President Joe Biden addressing the nation about the verdict last night. Nothing can ever bring their brother, their father back. But this can be a giant step forward in the march toward justice in America. 
Now, what this means for the nation, for this city, for law enforcement, especially related to communities of color, that, of course, remains to be seen. But here, in this moment, it certainly feels like a page in history has been turned. Carl, back over to you. Uh, no, no doubt about that, Frank. I saw some comments yesterday from Business Roundtable and uh, Chuck Robbins of Cisco. Uh, we appreciate that, Frank Holland in Minneapolis. We'll take a break here. We'll talk about Apple's product announcement when we come back. Uh, the new uh, iMacs, the iPad Pro, uh, what Katie Huberty and Morgan Stanley is saying about the company today, and what they may say in the earnings print next week. For the meantime, uh, futures are red again. We're back in a minute. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Big day for Apple yesterday, unveiling some new products at its spring-loaded event, including the iPad Pros with the uh, M1 chip, of course, 5G support, uh, the liquid retina display, slimmer iMacs, that lost item tracker for iPhone users called AirTag. Uh, Jim, Katie Huberty's out, says the strength of the portfolio uh, could help re-rate Apple shares, although she only takes the target up a dollar to 158. Yeah, she's been cagey about, about the price target, but this note has what I've been waiting for her to do. It says, see significant upside versus consensus for Mac and iPad. Those haven't mattered. They haven't mattered in a long time. All that's mattered is the cell phone. What I like about what Katie's saying is it's sticky. She thinks it could be here to stay. Now, uh, Goldman's got a sell on it, uh, Rod, Hall, Rod Hall, and he says, point blank, point blank, that's just going to be a blip. Don't trust it. And how they make the quarter matters. And if they make the quarter with these new products, then you can bet that it's one time only. David, I think that the office at home has made it so that the consumer is like the enterprise buyer. But the question is, is the enterprise consumer buyer almost done buying? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're done at home. They're done at They've home. They've had a year. They had the hybrid. Yeah, they're done at home. And, and maybe they actually go back to the office or they're fully outfitted already. Right. I mean, these chip makers are saying, listen, let's be careful. It's the enterprise that we're worried about. We know that it's a blip for the personal. Right. And if that's the case, then Rod Hall is going to be right. The Goldman sell. Now, I happen to be a huge believer in Katie, and Katie's been the way to believe. But I do think that the idea that these new machines 
have more staying power than when they first, first come out is, is new. And if Katie's right about it, then you really do have the service revenue, you have the cell phone revenue, you have the wearables revenue, and then you're back to the original. You have the PC revenue. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of streams of revenue, David. Yes, it is. And Carl, yeah. uh, it's for a stock, of course, it's been flat so far this year, but maintaining still the largest market cap out there at over $2.2 trillion. She talked about big buyback, too. Yeah. Dividend boost. Yeah, uh, she talks about returns. And by the way, Huberty did a 90-page report last week, Jim, about how corporations are going to have to completely reinvent their IT budget as they figure right. out who's going to work from where other than the office. And she took her PC estimates up uh, for the uh, for the aggregate market up to 16.5 year on year well, I'm up for to 2021. About, I'm, I'm so up to view, the battle of Borden. I'm up to page 48. That's reference, David, to Warden it's Peace. A, it's a long Thank one. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. you filling me in on that as you well. What, do you know the battle of Borden? I do not. Do you know that it was actually he traced it, what Napoleon did? Unbelievable. Unbelievable what a great writer he is. Leo. Yeah. Yeah. I go by Leo. I don't well, we'll, we'll take the course, the full year course that I Will we? Yes. I'll do, I, I can that's teach what, it now. I think actually you should start to do that. In Carl, it's about time we injected some, you know, really English, English reading, uh, Russian literature. Shouldn't we? I was or do English. you want to stick with Verizon? I was an English major. Let's stick with Verizon. That's like Moby Dick. I like Verizon. Right? Melville, Verizon. Well, Sleepy. So far, we've gotten some French and some, and some English lit, so uh, we're working our way through it. It's only 21 minutes into the show. We'll get a mad dash in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. All right, time for a mad dash as we get you ready for an opening bell uh, as well, just uh, six minutes away. What do you got? Okay, uh, logic and proportion are being thrown out on the ASMLF conference call. ASMLF makes machines that are as big as buses, okay? But you need them for memory chips and for logic chips. And last night, this company guided up. I mean, they were saying, look, we thought that memory demand would be, ah, you know, 20%. looks like it's going to be 50%. Logic, they thought it was going to be 10%, 30%. This is the chip shortage. This is the chip shortage writ large. And it is right in our faces. It's because they just don't have enough of these machines. Everybody misjudged the demand. Speaking of, like, you know, we talked about Apple. Yes, the demand for devices shocked people. Nobody was ready for the stay at home. It seems like nobody's ready for 5G. Nobody's ready for high performance computing. No one can get any chips. And David, if you're United States, you're United States, right? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, well, there's a picture. Regions where they ship to, David. U.S. is 3%. Uh-oh. South Korea, 44. Taiwan, 43. China, 15. David, we are a pitiful, helpless giant, to quote one of my favorite pres- presidents, Richard Nixon. I'm bringing him back. <laughs> From the dead? He, he was not a great president. But he, he did correctly identify that we had his, his mom. He had, he had a great speech. Right at the EPA. All right, we got an opening bell a few minutes from now. Stay with us. 
Got some action in the cruise lines this morning. Goldman takes Carnival from 21 to 26, Jim. And Ups Norwegian to buy uh, 37, talking about smaller fleet, uh, more flexibility. They even raised the notion, at least, of vaccine-only sailings, depending on what regulators may say down the road. Well, I think that one of the most frustrating things that Frank Del Rio, the CEO, excellent CEO of Norwegian, is, uh, has had to deal with. The CDC won't, won't speak to him. Now, he has said, listen, everybody has to be vaccinated. The passengers have to be vaccinated. The crew, we're not going to have any children, even though one quarter of the people who go usually have children because we don't vaccinate the children. He says, let's sit down at CDC. Let's have a conversation. CDC, I'm hoping that Goldman knows something about the CDC because I think the CDC wants to put these guys out of business. And they're being very effective out, David. You really are have it in for the CDC right now. I would say that. You're very upset. PRC, CDC, don't come in to me with alphabet soup. Right. Um, I just am very worried about the, the, I'm very worried about their balance sheets. They need to cruise. Yeah, they do. And the CDC needs to give them a, the high sign. We've got to figure this out. But it's once again, Carl, if you're vaccinated, it doesn't seem to mean anything. How is that possible? Excellent question, guys. Uh, definitely, we're definitely wrestling with that one as we uh, as we are in the sea change here. There's the opening bell on the CNBC Real Time Exchange at the big board. It's UiPath, maker of software for automation systems. Uh, the founder and CEO uh, Daniel Denez will be our guest on Tech Check at 11 a.m. Eastern at the Nasdaq. It's Angie, an online marketplace for home services. One more note on some of the travel names, Jim. Uh, Deutsche adds UAL as a catalyst buy idea. On this fifteen uh, percent drop in the last couple of weeks, it reminds me of uh, a Netflix. name that they say is very much leveraged to corporate travel and, of course, long haul international. Right. It, it reminds me of Netflix, and it was a really bad call. UAL. I mean, it was just bad. And we'll hear from Gary uh, Kelly tomorrow, Southwest. But everyone, I, I think one of the things that happened yesterday, Carl, as you correctly pointed out, is. United Airlines had a bad quarter and people are starting to talk about maybe things aren't going to be as robust. I think they're not as robust at United Airlines. And I think that others are doing better. We heard from Delta last week and I thought Delta was encouraging. I think we're going to hear when we hear from Gary Kelly, I think he's going to say happy days are here again. I really do. Although I keep coming back to business travel in terms of trying to assess the long term profitability of the airlines. The importance of business travel can't be understated. No, it can't be. And we just don't know. I mean, I am hearing people are getting back on airplanes to some extent. But then I also hear things, I mean, um, you know, Pfizer not letting anybody travel this year. Pfizer? Yeah. What, they, they're that confident, confident in their competitive drugs? I mean, I that don't know. they're no, not going to send is, reps I mean, out? And by the way, Detail reps? Who, can, who can get anybody vaccinated more than them? Right? I mean, and boosters. Why are there are a lot of companies that have basically said, no, no corporate travel this year. Uh, there well, they are, think that. They do think that, and then maybe they will change. But again, back to the idea that we keep talking about, what do you get when you're fully vaccinated? And yet a lot of companies are still grappling with. And then you're also, uh, on the other side, I, you know, I hear obviously bankers who live on airplanes want to go visit people, want to go say, right. let's, and the clients are like, eh, we don't need to. Or I can't let you in the building. Well, can't yes, let you in the, the building. Because I have people, and this is a really important call. I've got guests who want for mad money, who very much want to come in. And they'll ask me, uh, are you vaccinated? I'm vaccinated. And I have to say, well, that vaccinated's got nothing to do with it. It's like deserves, right? You know, deserves got nothing to do with it. Um, I, Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman. No. Yeah. Deserve. But it is amazing, Carl. Like, I, you know, I, I, one of the executives who said he wanted to come on, 
He goes, why won't you let me in? I'm fully vaccinated. And I'm like, I don't know. Because it's our rules. And we have oh, well, rules like good. a lot of others. Most employers are not letting by there. Almost no one's letting anyone outside. I mean, we're barely letting anybody in here who you know works that, here. Do you know that there was a, a giant wild turkey trying to get into the building today as I was? Same time. Was it fully vaccinated? I think it had Moderna and was feeling sick. And that's why he was there. Second shot Moderna. Carl can do that to you. There are some nice wild turkey families around here. Uh, yeah, I, I get my second shot this weekend, guys. You do? I'm sort of uh, bracing for wh- whatever it brings us. Netflix. Yes. You're going to uh, be by watching the way, Netflix. Uh, dr- maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the journal's got quite a piece about Pfizer identifying now, Jim, fake vaccines, especially in Mexico and Poland. Uh, and I guess it had to be expected at some point, but the ability for some of these criminals to bring a load of uh, counterfeits and people obviously scrambling for them, use them right away. Uh, that's something that Pfizer now has been able to pin down at least some instances of actually uh, actual counterfeit well, vaccines. I think Pfizer's starting, the stock is starting to react to the fact that we're all going to have that boosters and it's going to cost money. Uh, and so this has become the franchise for Pfizer. And if you take a look at the numbers for what the analysts are predicting for 2022 is a big drop off. If there's a booster, that won't happen. And I do think that Pfizer, I really believe Pfizer, David, is, is I think I think it's I, I think it's too cheap. Do you? Yes, because of the booster. Because it will will be keep coming back. Yes. It's not going to be a one time and you're done. thing. No, it's going to be more like the shingles vaccine that I hope you've had. Not yet. I need to get that. Yeah. You don't shop. You don't even get the shingles. Vaccine? I, you know, it was hard to get for a while and whatever. There's been a pandemic going on. I got to get to that. I'm getting the Shingrits uh, booster this weekend, which reminds me, Carl, that when you when the doctor says you have to have a booster, that's money in the bank and it's going to be money in the bank for Pfizer. And I really think the Pfizer stock is too cheap because this franchise turns out to be bigger than anyone thought. Remember, they also didn't do warp speed. How they about Moderna then? I think Moderna's stock is cheap. Cheap. Moderna has a vaccine. This is different because Warp Suite. But right. Moderna can use that technology, that RNA, to solve a lot of illnesses, not just this tough one. Mm-hmm. Do you know that the exact bottom of the Dow last year was the day that Moderna said, we have, we have one person and we're one for one? That was the bottom. Was it really? Yeah, it was the bottom. Cruel irony, David. Yeah. Cruel irony. Um, Carl, uh, taking a look at Netflix shares right now. Jim's going to get his chance. He did say down another 10 bucks from rough, roughly where we are right now. But we are down 7.7 percent, about forty one dollars. You can see it right there as people adjust to the new guidance from the company. Um, OK, we will see. And Tesla and Do- Dogecoin. What are you doing, Tesla? What? Tesla. What no. about Tesla? You see the video? You didn't see the video in China. Carl, did you see the video in China? What, the apo- of where he was. How slow were those guards to take down that woman who was saying that Tesla doesn't work? They kind of bided their time, I think. Eunice Yoon may not feel exactly as I do, but Carl, I think that the <laughs> Tesla Chinese franchise, they better start behaving. Initially, they came out and said that the woman who had attacked them was kind of a serial complainer. That didn't fly with it, low-level Chinese government. You don't want the Chinese government, the lowest levels, were putting out negatives about Elon Musk. If he doesn't play ball, Carl, it's going to be higher level. And you don't want to get to be where Boeing is right now with the Chinese, which is just so they've got to get a deal with China. And we're waiting for Xi to make a move. We're being what I work for Boeing. You're supposed to say that. Okay. Yeah. What do you work for Boeing? Boeing's the, Boeing's the biggest <laughs> exporter we have. It is. 
It is. Um, you know what? We haven't talked SPACs in a few days, and we, yeah, haven't, what's going we on? haven't in part because there's not a lot new, so to speak, except for this continued sell-off, which is worthy of at least spending a bit of time on. I called it weeks and weeks ago a SPAC out, which I was happy you People adopted. People love that. For Mad, um, Everybody but Jag Deep loved that man, one. Well, the, the lights haven't been turned back on. Uh, no, in fact, it gets worse. I said earlier at the very top of the show, you know, the liquidity providers aren't there. Some, one question, of course, is have you had the cohort we've talked so often about, namely retail investors and the likes of people who are focused on Wall Street bets to a certain extent may have provided some of that liquidity for wow. SPACs? Have they gone away? Is that contributing wow. to it? But we also know, uh, as we can take a look at any number of them that are trading below 10 bucks, which, by the way, is you know, a free call. Yes. In many ways. Remember, because you can just say, no, I want my money back. Um, and so there is some interest there. You can split warrants or a lot of different things that uh, that more sophisticated investors can do here when they trade below 10. But um, the, the SEC's continued focus on it is also a concern, both from uh, the pro, uh, projections side of things and whether they're going to crack down on their ability to offer these not outlandish, but certainly right. far-reaching projections that they don't have to be beholden to in any way. And pipe investors, Jim, you know, there is a certain allocation from many of the big from You see Fidelity is involved, BlackRock. Right. They're all in these pipes. But it's a it's certain percentage of assets that they like to keep it to. And right now, with the SEC focused on pipes and how long and you may warrants. have to hold, and the warrants, and the, how long you may have to hold your investment, it's making it very difficult for these companies to allocate new funds for pipes because they don't know how long they're going to have to hold on to their existing ones and they want to keep their allocation level overall at a certain percentage of assets. So you're talking about, let's say, Starwood, uh, Barry Stern, luckily, if he does like five, six, seven deals, you're saying that that's the guy that they're, he, he's very good. Well, he's very good. No, my point is that overall, they're like, we're going to, we allocate whatever percent of this portfolio to pipes. Okay. But right now, we don't know how, when the turnover is going to be. Wow. When are we really going to be able to sell? And so we're not going oh, to necessarily just, commit to new pipes until that's we know. That's a hammer. And so, I mean, it comes back to Gensler at the SEC, which but, uh, right. we're going to continue to stay focused but on. But I, I made a joke about Jagdeep, uh, and you introduced me to him. Jagdeep I didn't introduce you well, to him. Quant- he uh, did the first uh, interview here, okay. and but, we focused on the company at that but, point. But, but, and then Carl, you took him, as you always do, and, and now made him your him, guest. Yes. Him. But, Carl, I, he came on the show last Friday, came on Mad. The stock's now down 64%. There was a short seller basically saying that the thing is a fraud. And I don't think it's a fraud, but the problem was people got more excited about his data than even he was. And, Carl, these SPACs have forecasts. And the forecasts are so fabulous that you almost feel compelled that it's free money. Until you realize well, that. And we've gone through that so many times. You can I take a look at CCIV, of course, which is Lucid Motors. They haven't yet, obviously, despacked. I haven't seen that stock below 18 in quite some time, 1782. No. There's a commercial. Jamath Palahapatia's Clover Health, which, of course, is, Clover. is despacked. That has been a very poor performer, although he did put his performance out on Twitter, I think it was yesterday. Claiming, of course, things have been quite strong. And it's true. If you invested with him at the right time and sold at the right time, you would have done fine. ACIC, Flying Cars, uh, Atlas Crest, that's at 989. I mean, you can go on and on here, Jim. The flying cars, is, you really are. That's, that was the one. I like to say flying cars. They're not, of course. Did, they're, um, they're, did they're, Ar- they're air taxis. Ark's in that one, isn't it? Uh, I think they are. Yeah, Ark's in that one. That's the Molas. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Jim, you want to talk railways a little bit? Oh, my God. I, you know, David, you know, I've been thinking, if you're not going to talk about Canadian Pacific, then I don't even oof. want you as my partner. I figured I'd do it as a favor report, even though you can, you can be part of it if you want to be. 
Um, you see this morning, uh, we've got well, the news we got this morning is that uh, that CN, of course, uh, Canadian National does come out uh, and um, they um, file their notice of intent uh, to uh, set out that they will proceed under the Surface Transportation Board's current merger rules. They need to do this. This is uh, this is the new news of this morning. They're they're getting started very quickly here. They will maintain service and competition uh, after the combination, they said, and they do uh, intend to seek approval of the so-called voting trust. Of course, that's the way they're going here. That trust would enable KCS shareholders to receive the full payment and consideration of what is a roughly three hundred twenty five dollar per share proposal, a bit less given the fall in the stock. Without having to wait for final STB approval, they also say that CN supports the STB reviewing this combination under the modern new rules, as opposed to seeking to have a combination with KCS reviewed under rules from four decades ago that have been opposed by virtually every other party to have filed before the STB. So they say, hey, new rules for us, which, by the way, are not new. They're 20 years old, but... um, but KCS might have been exempted from them. They say they don't care. Uh, and, of course, you heard the CEO yesterday. Uh, but here it again. This is what he had to say in terms of their bid uh, versus, of course, the current deal that, that uh, Kansas City Southern is in to be acquired by Canadian Pacific. We definitely have the best value to offer. Uh, you know, we're, we have the be- better bid. You know, we have the better railroad and better partners to crystallize even more value at a time where they've decided that uh, they want to combine with another railroad. It's a growth story. It's about creating new business. It's about converting freight, which is on the highway, to put it on the rail. And it's also to enable customers to do more trade and connect to more customers. It's not about removing any competition. Yeah, of course, for its part, uh, Jim, Canadian Pacific yesterday came out. By the way, pointing out that their CEOs from Alabama, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was kind they're of going that route. Yeah, but they also went on to say the proposal that you that uh, uh, JJ was just talking about there is illusory and inferior because it creates adverse competitive impacts and raises other serious public interest concerns. Uh, going on to say as well, uh, CN's proposal increases regulatory and antitrust risk for uh, Kansas City Southern shareholders. Did you see how decreases meager? benefits for customers, employees, other? Did you see how meager the overlap is? The anti-competitive. I mean, give me a break. I'm going to take the I'm going to take you know, the Canadian Nat side for a second. Okay. They're worried. There's a Baton Rouge to New Orleans overlap. Uh oh, David. Listen, there is a southeastern Iowa overlap. Northern Northern Missouri. There's overlap. I mean, holy cow, David. Those are very anti-competitive. Grain, French fries. I don't think there's that much anti-competitive. You don't. No, I don't. Well, we'll see. And every one of those, they can call. The way these things get solved is they give them to the CSX, which, by the way, had a double-digit forecast last night, Carl. 11, they did the first time they've done double digits since 2011. So the railroads are heating up. CSX can take the ones that are anti-competitive. The deal gets done. There. There's my thing. Thank deal you. gets done. All right. Good conclusion. Thank you. The Faber report. So, Carl, I'm very Grand bullish on this deal. I am. Uh, fantastic, guys. Uh, in the meantime... Um, Fang, uh, tra- some travel names, some financials with some moderate losses this morning. We're going to start with uh, Santelli this morning. Hey, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Well, 10-year note yields hovering at 155. That's down one basis point. We had some data today. It's been light so far. We're really starting in earnest tomorrow. But we did have uh, mortgage applications from the Mortgage Bankers Association. The reason I'm bringing them up is the most recent week was up 8.6%. January of this year was up 16.7%. 
first week. So if you look at those two numbers, they are the best, as you see on this chart, going all the way back pre-COVID, so March of 2020. And I think that's something we need to bring up. Even though some of the housing numbers have been less aggressive of late, it's still a sector you want to pay attention to that's definitely in the contribution camp. As far as rates, 156 down one. Let's look at what's going on on 24-hour chart. You can see we're hugging the 150s, and if you put a two-day face on it, you could really see what the score is in Treasury yields. We've lost some mojo, to be sure, so have equities to some extent, but many believe that the last day of March's closing yield of 174 is going to remain the high closing yield for a while, and it certainly seems that way on the charts. If you go to a week-to-date, or excuse me, a month-to-date chart, this is very important because the month of April hasn't been kind to interest rates, hasn't been kind to the dollar index. We're down 18 basis points from that high close at the end of the month, which is 174, as I mentioned. So that's down 10%. I hate using percentages on yields, but I do want to show how aggressive the move has been, even though it's been very orderly. Now, if we switch gears a second and go to the foreign exchange markets, the dollar hasn't had a very good time. Basically, yesterday, it closed at a six and a half week low, as you see on this chart starting at the end of February. But... But what we really want to pay attention to is how much staying power the European currency, the euro, has, as, of course, they're trying to wrap their arms around COVID, and their interest rates, of course, are much closer to ours than they were at the beginning of the year. Carl, Jim, and David, back to you. All right. Thanks very much, uh, Rick Santelli. Uh, Still to come this morning, uh, Morgan Brennan's exclusive with the new Lockheed CEO, Jim Takelet. It's his first broadcast interview since taking the top job at the company. In the meantime... Small bounce here at the open. Dow goes uh, green, trying to avoid the first three-day loss since the early part of March. We're back in a moment. Getting some breaking news from the FDA this morning and its inspection of emergent biosolutions. Let's get to our Meg Terrell. Morning, Meg. Good morning, Carl. The FDA saying that it's completed that inspection of the emergent biosolutions plant in Baltimore that's making the J&J COVID vaccine, and it's issued what's known as a Form 483, which is essentially a serious list of uh, discrepancies at a plant that the FDA requires it to fix before it'll allow the plant to start making material again uh, and before it'll be comfortable releasing any material from that plant. Now, uh, this, of course, is the plant that we know had lost a batch of up to 15 million doses of the J&J vaccine uh, because of what seemed to be cross-contamination with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which was also being made on that location. Now, after that, the AstraZeneca vaccine was moved to another location. We don't know where yet. They are only making the J&J vaccine. Uh, but with this inspection, the production there of the J&J vaccine is still stopped until they address the issues that the FDA lays out in this letter. And there are at least nine of them here. Uh, one of them, uh, the first one, that the FDA essentially says the cross-contamination hasn't been thoroughly investigated. There are other issues they lay out, like the, build- the building isn't uh, maintained in a clean and sanitary uh, way. Uh, it's not a suitable size. Um, there are uh, components that weren't stored properly. So a lot of these things that Emergent here will need to address, and Johnson & Johnson as well, as it's now taken control of this facility and the manufacturing of its vaccine. This, of course, guys, is key to J&J being able to make the vaccine here in the United States, getting this plant fixed. Uh, so more news on Emergent Biosolutions. There's an investigation going on into the company as well from the congressional level. So it will be a story we'll continue 
to follow, guys, as we also follow the pause of the J&J vaccine. Guys. Uh, first, can Robert Kramer uh, possibly survive this, the CEO? And second, uh, J&J, uh, I, they must have had, what, no facilities to make vaccines in this country? Um, because the choice of this company is very un and j like given what we're hearing. Yeah, Jim, you bring up a point that I've heard from other folks as well. You know, the fact that J&J used a contract manufacturer on this vaccine. Um, you know, Emergent Biosolutions essentially exists because of uh, emergencies like the one we're in right now with the pandemic. Um, it is supposed to be a place that can ramp up uh, production quickly of vaccines in a pandemic-like situation. But clearly, there are a lot of issues at this facility, um, and it is pausing the production of this vaccine. And J&J is bringing Merck on board as well to help a manufacturer. But this is going to take months uh, for Merck to be able to uh, get everything up and running. Right. Guys? All right. Uh, Meg, we'll watch that with your help. Uh, thank you, our Meg Terrell. Uh, keep an eye on the markets this morning. Uh, Dow getting a nice little gain led by uh, some industrials. Not so much on the travel or financial front. Uh, Disney currently the worst performing component. We're back in just a moment. Let's get a Wednesday edition of Stop Trading with Jim. Yes, there's a big transition going on. Craig Smith's uh, stepping away. He's the CFO. Of, of, Bo- of Boeing. He's going to be there for a little bit. But CFO, who was an operational CFO, Greg, which is a very highly unusual, he will be replaced by more of a strict CFO. The thing that Greg is known for, besides just having a tremendous grip on things, is he did say, listen, we don't need to sell equity. Uh, maybe a traditional CFO would be more willing to sell equity, but that's why the stock went down 10 yesterday. And uh, I think that Mr. Calhoun is very sensitive to the idea that if he does that, it will crater the stock. So uh, I remain uh, in the camp that you can own Boeing. Uh, yeah, they made a couple of comments. No, no dividend reinstatement in the near term and uh, positive cash flow in the in the medium term, Jim. We'll see what happens. We over need there. China. Um, so you got. a Yeah. Yeah. You got a big show tonight. Yeah, we got three companies that are all blew out numbers. PPG, uh, which is, of course, uh, coatings. Not glass anymore, the PPG coding. Uh, Qualtrics, which is a company that really can figure out what you need to do and buy. I really like these guys. And then Marvell, uh, which is one of those companies that is at the center of everything. High performance computing, cloud, uh, and 5G. And they are doing so well. It's incredible. They just closed a deal with Infi uh, that the Chinese were willing to let them do because there was no overlap. This show is going to be the state of the world, Carl, and I'm very excited about it. Interesting. I know uh, Xi Jinping is going to uh, attend that uh, U.S.-led climate change summit well, I thought on that Thursday. Was, uh, first big meeting between. That was an yeah. olive leaf. I thought that was an olive brand. Maybe an olive. I mean, I got an olive. Yeah. I, I manufacture yeah, well, olive oil. It's an olive. Lisa's none <laughs> it's, better. It's olive some olive oil. I'll bring it into everybody. Still waiting for mine. Oh. Still waiting for my olive oil. I have Lisa's none better coming right at you. Yep. We'll see you tonight, Jim. 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. 
Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.